The Accutron Show. Accutron. It's not a timepiece. It's a conversation piece. With your host, Bill McCuddy, and contributors, Scott Alexander and David Graver. I was wowed by that. And I think from then on, I really got the electronic bug to kind of really know more about electronics and use them in my life for convenience purposes. The voice you heard at the top of the show was today's guest, the host of Emmy-nominated TV show Consumer 101 on NBC and Telemundo. Jack Rico is here to give us some advice on the coolest gadgets out there, what works and what doesn't. But first, me, Bill McCuddy, culture writer Scott Alexander, and editor David Graver were discussing gadgets in America. All that and more on this episode of The Accutron Show. Stay tuned. How many gadgets do you have in your household right now, and how many of them do you actually use? We are talking tech uh, on this edition of the Accutron Show. And uh, with me, as always, obviously, are Scott and David. Boys, uh, do we have way too many gadgets in our life right now? I do. I definitely do. <laughs> I mean, I have 7,423 gadgets, but I use five of them. <laughs> Father's Day doesn't help. And Christmas. It seems like those are the two times I get every conceivable uh, golf-related or uh, I there's. I actually got this thing that's supposed to pump up the tires on my car by plugging into the lighter, uh, and I, I haven't even taken it out of the box. I have no idea if it really works. But I think we're getting inundated with uh, the newest, greatest, the ten top gadgets here. Cool Hunting does it all the time. I mean, you guys actually show us the things that and bench test them we and, get hands-on to the best of our ability and what do you like what do you, what have you seen recently uh, we're going to talk by the way later on with jack rico he is uh kind of the guru guy on nbc and telemundo he uh, has a show called consumer 101 and he's going to tell us what he uses in his life but we're we're just uh mulling over what helps us and what doesn't i mean I th- I, that's a really dynamic question in that there's stuff for the person and there's stuff for the home. And in the ho- my house is filled with things. On my person, I'm very traditional. I carry my iPhone and I, I wear a watch and I prefer a mechanical watch. I don't want um, anything digital. I don't use um, any sort of tracking material. I, I don't need it. I'm not in a place where I need it. At home, I'm actually trying to reduce now too. My People are coming to me and be like, you have you a dumb house, not a smart house? I have a d- very oh, dumb, I have a dumb house. Do you have a nest? Who's got nest? We do Does use they, a nest. You do have nest. I love a nest. And uh-huh. that helps connect to my phone. For those who don't know, that's a device that hooks up to the uh, it's a thermostat. thermostat. A very yeah, sophisticated it thermostat. Yes. It's a fancy temperature <laughs> thing. <laughs> yeah. Thermostat's about a $2 piece of hardware down at the hardware store. Uh, but you can pay 200 and uh, it'll talk to the internet. So <laughs> why you have a dumb home? I have a dumb home. Um, I have a stereo. I have a tube amp that's hooked up to a CD player and I do have a Bluetooth dongle on there so my phone, <laughs> the music in my phone can go to my stereo. No set-top box? Oh, I have a Roku set-top box but I'm saying like I need a stereo, I have a big screen TV, I've got game consoles but I don't have it all hooked up to the internet telling everyone what I'm doing or recording my voice. You know, these voice decisions are amazing. They're an incredible, Alexa's an incredible technology. It totally creeps me out. We stopped using our Alexa. I stopped using my Google Home. I gave both of them away. What's I just the- feel like I was getting along fine with that Alexa five years ago. I'm not talking about 50 years ago, five years ago, two years ago, six months ago. I was getting along just fine. I can walk over and touch my phone 
and turn on the music. I was going to say it's perfect for music, but you probably don't like the fidelity of what comes out of that thing. That's You're, right. You've Bluetooth got the- crushes everything way down. So I actually still have two 300 CD changers hooked up to my stereo where oh, I have wow. 600 CDs I can dial up at any point and get actual high fidelity music. No, well, you've forgotten what it sounds like. You listen to an LP or you listen to a CD, they both sound amazing. If you're used to hearing Spotify crushed down into MP3 format, crushed down by your Bluetooth signal, the fidelity on that thing is nowhere near what it should be. If we get into the vinyl thing, we'll be here for six hours. <laughs> I'm just those I'm not going to be a vinyl are, you guy. You vinyl guys are like it's so deep in those weeds. You're you're telling me actually though. I will I, I will ask you this. You think the CDs and vinyl are pretty close because most vinyl heads think there's an incredible. You can get in the weeds with that stuff, but CDs sound great. And the, the step down from CD or vinyl to MP3, that encoding, even if you go to lossless, once you crush it down through Bluetooth, you're, you're just Nobody's sucking streaming out a ton of- it. Nobody, no, so not like television where you can actually get 4K uh, from Yeah, the certain- fidelity on the audio streaming is not- there. Very good. Yeah. Right. If you're doing, if you're streaming 4K, you're probably doing it over a wired line. If you're doing 4K over your Wi-Fi, you're probably doing it wrong. How big's your screen at home? Uh, 65 inches. David. To be honest, I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> <laughs> but it's big enough. It's big enough. Uh, I have 85. Anyway, um, the first. Well, why don't you lay that TV right on the table there? What's, what's the first? Uh, what's the first uh, technical thing, gadget thing you remember as a kid wanting? W- wanting. So. I, I want to give you two answers to this one. First, we were web TV users. When I was in the fourth and fifth grade, we, we had a set-top box that brought the internet to our television. And so I was going on to AOL using web TV on my, on my television. It, it was still dial-up. It was super slow, but it was a remarkable thing for me to listen to 30-second clips of music on Amazon or to watch porn. <laughs> but my first gadget was a light bright. Do you remember the uh, light bright? <laughs> light bright, making that things with light. That Can was, that... That's it like saying an etch a sketch is a, a, is a I would carry that bright. around with me. It was like my best friend. Oh my you God. You poke a hole and you got color. Yeah. It was magical. Life is <laughs> super magical for sure. <laughs> Any porn on that? No porn. Well, you got to work really hard to make the porn on that. <laughs> yeah. You can do it though. <laughs> first technical gadget uh, for you. The, the first one I wanted was a thing called Merlin, which was looked like a cross between a phone and a calculator and it basically asked you trivia questions it was but it was oh, yeah, like magic yeah. when you in 1978 uh but then i actually owned a microvision which was the first handheld game console before the game boy before nintendo before the nes was even out this is sort of this is bef- this is around the time the first atari came out before it was even popular uh and, and what would a, be a game on that like uh there was a game the most successful game there were only 12 games made for it uh, the most successful one was called Blockbuster, which was essentially Breakout. Uh, but there's no Tetris. Tetris was the no, game No, Tetris Boy, hadn't right? been invented was, yet. Yeah. No te- oh, we're going way back. Tetris hadn't even been invented Oh, Tetris yet. was invented in the well, mid-80s. I can go back even further, because you're talking about the 70s. In the 60s, I wanted a a reel-to-reel tape recorder. Oh, hell yeah. Or, or just to, Talk you know, about to have my own little radio shows. Uh and uh, we, you can tell from the quality of this broadcast, I obviously didn't get that. And uh, I wanted or a micro cassette because I would see these James Bond movies. And the only thing that you could actually buy at Radio Shack that even came close to something like that was a micro cassette recorder. Right. And you but can, I, w- I can hide this cassette in my back pocket. <laughs> I'll, I'll have the principal on tape. I'll Bill, were the- you making radio shows in your living room as a kid? <laughs> I was not, on your reel to reel? Come I on, I, I want to see it. I guess. I mean, I, I the. 
The craziest tech story I have is about going to Chicago to the Consumer Electronics Show. Every year, it's oh, that's now, back it's in the day. Now, yeah, it's now in Vegas, but in, it was in Chicago, and I saw the, the Sony Betamax. Now, the Sony Betamax was the precursor to video home recording. But in the 70s, nobody had any idea that that was even possible. So I bought this thing off. By the way, the tapes were only an hour long. You had to switch them out if you want to do a movie. And the the, the timer was outboard. It was like a, a, a Clip clock on. that clipped <laughs> on the back of this thing. But that was state of the art. The only reason it didn't I mean VHS came along and crushed it. But the do point you know is, why? A big, well, it, they had the longer tapes. They did not have porn. I'm serious. Oh, that's right. Sony, Pana, Sony refused beta, to license yeah. the Betamax yeah. technology to the pornography companies, and the VHS was like, no problem, and ran away with it. Scott, I am have no doubt that you would know that, and thank you. I'm for here for your pornographic that. history. Oh, so wait, I take this thing home. I buy it off the floor as a sample. I think it was like $1,500, and I took it home to northern Michigan, and I plugged it in, and I recorded the news on a Monday night, and I played my mother the same news Five nights in a row. <laughs> and she had absolutely no idea that Frank Reynolds, oh, is the stock market down 10 points again today? When is that fire in Chicago going to be put out? By the Friday, she finally figured out because he hadn't changed his tie and everything, all the stories were the same. She, uh, she's like, oh, you rotten kid. Is this anyway, what she kicked out of the my, house, Bill? That was, yeah, that was one of the reasons. So, yeah, the Betamax was my first big expensive thing that I bought technically. Uh, and you know, that I, I just want to say about that. I remember when video recorders came out, they were supposed to change our lives because we were going to program our own television. We That's were right. going to record what we wanted and watch it back when we, and it turns out we don't want that. We want, for the most part, I know we, there's, there's a tremendous amount of on demand now, but we like the networks telling us what's on when it's on and flipping around and cruise. I'm a grazer. Can't, I get uh, that, can't I get disagree that with you more, Bill. I, well, I get the remote, and all I want to do is go around 300 channels. And in 1983, my wife 1983, I was recording. Every day, I would record Star Trek, while I, which went on while I was at school. And I would record Letterman, which went on while I was in bed. And, then, and I would get home from school, and I would watch Star Trek and Letterman whenever I wanted. And but did you get to all It was all a miracle. Did you really yes, watch Yes, every day all? I would watch yeah. Star Trek and Letterman. But you also watched regular television. Sure. But I, also, it was terrible television. If you go back and watch those shows, they're not good shows, and they were being forced on us, and now we have choice. Now we have the streaming future. Well, it is a lot different, but the idea that we do sit down and program everything differently because of that technology, I think is overrated and overstated. The quality per minute of what I watch now versus what I watched 20 years ago is so much higher, I can't even express it. I also don't watch live television. I actually I keep a note in my phone with all of the films that I will be watching, the order with which I will watch them, all of the television series that I need to watch to be up on cultural dialogues, and even the books that I will be reading next. I haven't watched live television since maybe 1999. <laughs> I, ha I have the same habits. <laughs> if something happens on Fallon, you feel like you'll definitely be able to see it the next day on YouTube or on wherever. The sense of it. There is no uh, urgency. Is the what last I'm saying, thing I was still watching yes. live was late night TV. Was was Letterman and Conan and all that Saturday stuff. night Back live. The, if you're both home on a Saturday I night, I watch all of that on YouTube now. Now, now you the next totally day. Now you, yeah. Well, now it's all available, so you don't need to. But if you're home on a Saturday night and it's on, you, you're not doing don't anything care. else. In that instance, I would watch don't, a movie. You would watch a movie instead. Me too. That's so many films to catch up on. Choices and the real choices. 
podcasts, quality podcasts, like the Accutron show. <laughs> you know, the Accutron was considered kind of, uh, this isn't a commercial, I'm just mentioning it, the, the tuning fork technology that was inside of that thing was considered uh, kind of a fluke. And they were said, oh, this can't possibly work. And it obviously did. And we know that uh, that technology is coming back shortly. We will come back shortly, too, with, uh, with our guest, Jack Rico, who is Mr. Gadget and uh, knows everything, what works and what doesn't. We'll find out what's in his pocket, on his wrist, and uh, we'll learn... What's a fail in the technical world and and what's winning out there? More of the Accutron show after this. The world runs on Accutron time. Accutron watches since 1960 from New York City to around the world. Jack Rico joins us appropriately enough on a gadget. He is the gadget guy that we've been talking about. And Jack, uh, welcome to the Accutron Show. Well, thank you very much for having me, Bill. What are you talking to us on since I brought it up? I have an iPhone 11 Pro. Oh, you get all oh, the, the new Pro. stuff, don't you? No one likes a bragger, yeah. Jack. <laughs> well, you asked. <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> is that technology getting better, by the way? I mean, does Apple really make it a, an improvement every time they bring one of those out, or, or do they just change Absolutely. the power cord to piss us off? No, no. I think that um, every single year, I, I, this is just my opinion. I think every single year, I think, I think Apple has such advanced phones, and I'm not going to say to the point that they can fly or anything like that, but they're so advanced that for commercial purposes, every single year they have to have something new. So they stagger it, you know, every single year that way they can sell. But um, well, you mean they, they stagger the it or they hold back their best yeah, stuff? Yeah, yeah. One of the two. You yeah, know, it depends on how you look at that, right? So is this an innovative right. company or are they just giving us drip, drip? <laughs> I think it's more of a drip, drip type of thing. And um, for, for me, I think that the big differences with the iPhones are always on the camera. For example, back in, in previous to the iPhone 10, a lot of the cameras were shaky, so it had that handheld feel. Now, if you shoot on the native camera, it was just a regular basic camera on the iPhone 10 or 11, uh, it looks like it's on a gimbal. Like the level of steadiness is very remarkable from the previous iPhone. So I think a lot of people like myself who want to get into iPhone filmmaking uh, like the, the phone for that reason. Jack, how often are you upgrading your phone? How often is it necessary to upgrade your phone? Well, I I stopped upgrading my phone around iPhone 6, and I just kind of let it go because at that point, I just felt like there was no major differences between 7, 8, they skipped 9. This well, was exactly my point. Out, it's yeah. like, uh, you know, 6, 7, 8, 9. You can kind of skip a few, right? You're making Scott's you case few, for it. Definitely. Absolutely. But and 10 was a big jump. 10 came out. And then to be yeah, fair the, and balanced, the, the Android people will tell you that those phones are much, much, much more flexible than the Apple. Where do you weigh in on that? You know, I, I've never, I, I fell in love with Apple and there's, there's some sort of marketing brainwashing that happens with the uh, Apple brand. You don't you say. Just fall in. <laughs> <laughs> and I got sucked up in that and I re, my, my mom and dad have Samsung phones. So those are the Androids. And every time I look at it, I just feel like I'm looking at a PC Windows. And I just, it, my brain goes, you know, berserk. So, so ironically, Apple, I've always that, found it to be much simpler. That Ridley Scott commercial from uh, the, the 1984 spot where everybody right. else were the lemmings. Now the Apple, uh, the Apple the exact folks reverse. are the lemmings. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm an avowed Android guy. I've been on Android since, the, since Android 
came out, uh, iOS found it exactly more flexible, as uh, as you said, Bill. But now I think Apple is introducing widgets, which brings Apple up to Android 1.0, which is very exciting. <laughs> yeah, listen, I think the Androids are far more advanced than many other parts of, of what they include on a phone. But this it just gets to a point that it's so much that honestly, you, you, most people aren't even going to use a lot of the things that are on these Android phones. 80% right. of people won't care. What's the biggest fail right. out there in the gadget world right now? I mean, I, I know at Consumer 101, you test everything, and I want to hear some of the success stories, but what just plain doesn't work? You know, I think I think for me, in terms of what I've been using in my home, keyboards have been a big problem with me. These portable keyboards... I just can't seem to get them on Bluetooth right if the Wi-Fi is out or the distance between the Bluetooth. It's, that, to me, has been the biggest chaos and, and the like nightmare for me in particular because I have a, a TV set that I, that I don't have remote controls. I have keyboards for the Apple TV, and uh, I'm always buying a brand new one. So, you know, sometimes with the phone has like a remote control Bluetooth, none of these things really work. They haven't really mastered that my, my particular case. Do you use Apple Play off your computer to watch videos on your screen if somebody has sent Sometimes you? Sometimes I do. And are you getting the, are you getting a little lag? Are you getting some uh it's like an old Japanese movie for me sometimes that's just the it looks dubbed a little bit. Uh Well, I'll what tell am you I doing and wrong? you can understand and appreciate that as film critics ourselves, you know, they send us a lot of these links to see and you can't see them in the movie and you don't want to see it on your computer because sometimes either your wife or a friend wants to watch it. And there's just not the, the enough space, so you try to project it onto the bigger screen. That way, all, all of you can, uh, can enjoy it. And yes, the AirPlay always lags. Uh, somewhere halfway through the movie, the dubbing is off. I mean, right? every, every hop frozen. you make, right? Every hop you make is introducing more lag. And if the, the big thing is if the audio and the video get out of sync, and it, I think that protocol, that Apple protocol, is not, does not do the best job of keeping them. We're in using sync. AirPlay now, and Scott said that sentence almost six seconds ago. So <laughs> it's, very, it's very disappointing. <laughs> the lag is great, yeah. <laughs> what's the other thing that you can't get through your day without uh, gadget-wise? What's, what's, what's the one thing that you tell people, you got to get this thing? Oh, um, let's see. Interesting. Um, you know, there's really nothing, nothing major that I can't get the day. I mean, the, the basics are I need Wi-Fi. Uh, I need, uh, my iPhone for whatever, you know, hundred social media things I have to do. But for me, I think that the biggest issue that I've been having, and it's when it, I don't want to say it's a technological, but lights, uh, every time I'm doing like a zoom conference call, I'm always dark, you know, I, I, I got to put on lights. So I ended up buying these lights, these soft lights, diffusers. L- listen, this whole zoom thing, conference calling has really taken off. This isn't like a fad. Like this is like a legit new way of communicating with the world. Oh yeah. And you got to now be high quality because now there's that hierarchy of, well, that guy doesn't look that great on TV. He must not know what he's doing. Ha ha ha. Sadly, I never did. So it's not really a big difference (laughs) for me. Jack, how much do you think you have to spend to upgrade, meaningfully upgrade your lighting setup for video conferencing? Good question. Um, First, I started watching a lot of these YouTube videos and the YouTube creators love to use Aperture and Aperture is really expensive. So, I've gone with more of the Japanese sort of Godox and Photodiox on Amazon. Are those halo lights? Well Are those reviewed. those round things that, that 
sort of have that flat light that, that brightens everything yes, up? Yes, exactly. Those. They're LED lights, 60 watts. Um, so a cheap ring light, you think boxes. you can, for 100 bucks, 200 bucks? About, like the last one I just got was about $109, and that Godox was maybe about $129. So they're, they, they're fairly you know affordable compared to the apertures, which go into the hundreds just for a bulb, you know? So, and, and as you said, me, going forward, we're going to be using these things. You know, we've learned a new way of, uh, yeah. of communicating and it's great, but like everyone's kind of realizing, Oh, I need to, I need to redo my setup at home. I, I didn't even know how to create, you know, a, a nice light environment. And I started learning a little bit about filmmaking and, and, and cinematographers and, the three key lighting is essentially the key, but how do you ask that of an executive that's at an office that, you know, went to business school, got an MBA, they don't know about lighting yet. Now they're stuck at home. Maybe their husbands might not know anything about lighting. So that's where I've kind of been like, my wife's doing a lot of conference calls, the lighting's bad. I'm doing, so I had to learn this three key lighting, fill, key, hair light, just to kind of get it down, and I'm still in the process of learning it. So uh, it's been a bit difficult but fun at the same time because I'm learning something new. Hey, Jack, I got a question for you. Are any particular health gadgets you've got in your life these days, anything you're using to uh, do uh, monitoring or anything like that? You do as a step tracker? Yes, actually. So my wife got me an Apple iWatch uh, for uh, Christmas last December. You are brainwashed. <laughs> yeah, yes, or maybe she I, is. I am. I'm, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I love Apple. Um, but, um, I bought it and all of a sudden I was like, you know what? The biggest thing out of this watch that I used it for was the health activity monitor. I needed to understand that when I go to the gym or I walk around the day, how many steps am I hitting? How much calories am I burning? Yeah. But your iPhone Um, did that before from that, that there's an app on your iPhone called health that does the same thing, doesn't it? Correct. And what Apple decided to do is that a lot of people didn't want to have their phones when they were running because they were, they were either heavier or, or whatever it might be, or you didn't have pockets at that at that point. So the watch became the phone, but just on your wrist. And so it started, it has a new technology that, that touches your skin. And then through there, it catches the, the pulses of when you're running or you're going upstairs. So that really allowed me to have a really great understanding of my movement throughout the day. And when I didn't hit a particular amount, it would, you know, it would, you know, just bleep. And that really helped me because at that point I knew that I was not being active enough during the day. So I started taking out the dog more. I started just, you know, biking more. I started going to the store by foot, started taking the train. Mine would just bleep all day long. What about <laughs> what about meditation apps or workout apps? Have you have you looked online to replace physical things like Calm? The- I tried. I tried. There, there, my wife has the Calm app, which is the meditation app, and and I haven't gotten into meditation. Uh, she yet. sounds like the like brains I've- of the outfit at the Rico household here. <laughs> she's the brains, definitely. She's the brains. Uh, and I got a yoga app. I can't remember the name of it. And I started working with that. But to be quite honest with you, the the the, the workouts that I do um, are on YouTube. I'll just like YouTube something, and then somebody will have a great workout for ten minutes. Sure, that's what I use. I don't use the apps. I use YouTube for that. I was curious, Jack, about one thing about these health apps. There's always health apps and health gadgets. I have the Aura Ring. It does temperature and pulse oh, ox wow. and all kinds of stuff. That's that's an amazing device. But I'm always worried about. All my now this is all the sensitive information on my computer or on my phone. Is that stuff secure? 
I, you know, I don't think anything is secure when you are dealing with technology and someone else is storing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we've come to learn to live with it. I, I think it's the same way that the bank has your money. You at some point just have to trust that they're not going to steal it. Um, and there's a trust issue, I think, happening now. You know, uh, Sony hacked, uh, I'm sorry, the, uh, the, the Chinese hacked Sony uh, several years ago. You can't watch movies because they might be hacked or something. So it's gotten to a point that, yeah, you do have to be weary of what you put online and how much you want to put online. I think we're living in that world. I mean, the elections were, were hacked. So what cannot be hacked? Your background includes my wristwatch. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I don't want anyone knowing my <laughs> blood pressure, especially my wife or your wife. It sounds like she knows it already. Um, but my wristwatch, my wristwatch just tells time. Yeah, right. The time and it's only. like, uh, that's, uh, you can't hack that. Imagine that. Hey, we were talking about gadgets uh, before you came on board, our first ones. And, and uh, we were, were curious about what the first thing electronically that when you were a kid got you into all this. Atari. That was the oh, first yeah. real with the wood paneling. With the wood paneling. <laughs> right. I, I, why is there no wood paneling on game consoles anymore? <laughs> hey, listen, the, Sorry, wood, the wood paneling on the Ataris were the expensive one. I think that was a fifty-two hundred model that had that you know nice, beautiful wooden. But uh, I had the regular one, and to me, that was a wonder, a miracle uh, of life to kind of be able to. I was like, how does this work? And to see these animations go in real time, there's no lagging. I was wowed by that. And I think from then on, I really got the electronic bug to kind of really know more about electronics and use them in my life to, 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 for, for convenience purposes. Do you still have a game console now? Yes, I have a PlayStation 4, but I just found out that the PlayStation 5 is coming out. <laughs> and yep. I don't know what to expect of it because the four is ridiculous. The on world. Go, go, uh, Jack, go into the other room. Your wife already has it. So, uh, <laughs> wanted, wanted to ask about the technology of home theaters because we're, we've come out of a time where a lot of people are seeing all the movies at home. You used to be, or and still do some uh, movie criticism. So you get to see everything before everyone else, uh, do you think we're going to replace the theater going experience with just staying at home? Absolutely. Look, I'm not going to say the the way I've kind of laid this out for myself is it is more convenient to watch a movie with four or five people, a family at home when you have all the amenities available to you and the comfort and the privacy of it. I think that theaters at some point, what we've learned now is that we can probably live without going to the movie theaters. You know, for a lot of people, they feel the same thing about sports, that we don't need to have, I don't know how many leagues we got right now. And sometimes they overlap and it's just too much. So for for me, much, much like the magazines, it'll become something specific to a purist that needs to touch the paper, the glossy to hold it, to see the pictures, the, 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 the color on these photos. And that's a particular aesthetic that, uh, that a particular type of person likes. And I think movie theaters are going to kind of go down that route that somebody wants to see something in 70 millimeters or 16 millimeters or whatever it may be. They're going to go for that, the purists and traditionalists. But I think the average person will start building home theaters and they'll start expanding their homes, much like executives are doing with their offices. They're going to start doing uh, that because... For $20, I saw The Invisible Man when it first came out. Um, Sorry. This was, I had some people here, some family members, and it was about maybe four or five of them. 
And for 20 bucks, five people got to see it. If we had gone to a movie theater, that would have been $100, plus popcorn, plus everything else. So much cheaper. And if you're talking about the unemployment, COVID, this is a no-brainer to just expand the home theater. Well, nobody in Hollywood wants to hear that, but uh, I think the way Napster took over the music industry and eventually the music industry got comfortable with it, Correct. this is what's going to happen for motion pictures. I want to see the drive-in come back. Seriously, they are coming back. They are coming back. Jurassic Park just landed at number one <laughs> after so many years. Uh, and Jaws is also, I think, in the top five. But, and but it's this, been that's driven scale. by drive-in movie theaters. That's scale for Jurassic Park. That's what you want. That's scale for Jaws. That's what you want. <laughs> I saw The first time I saw Raiders of the Lost Ark was at a drive-in when it was in the theaters originally. And man, like that that is an experience that will never leave me. It's, it's interesting because now they've refined it with having Bluetooth in the car. You right. Know, back then it was just more like... Oh, so, yeah, this was a speaker hung on the edge of the window. Now you can Bluetooth <laughs> into your car radio and have an amazing hi-fi experience in your car and, and a giant, a bigger picture you can get in a the movie theater. Whenever, exactly. whenever there fun. is new technology to be reported on it, Jack Rico will do it for us. Uh, Jack is the host of the Emmy-nominated TV show Consumer 101 on NBC and Telemundo, and uh, he gets all the cool crap way before the rest of us, so we do not like him. Uh, Jack, <laughs> I'm kidding. Thanks for joining us so much on the Accutron Show. Thanks, Jack. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, guys. On behalf of Cool Hunting's David Graver and Bon Vivant Scott Alexander, I'm Bill McCuddy for The Accutron Show. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to The Accutron Show. To hear all our shows, visit AccutronWatch.com. For upcoming guests as well as behind-the-scenes action, follow us on Instagram at AccutronWatch. From the 29th floor of the Empire State Building, until next time, Accutron time. Set your tuning forks.